wasn't supposed to do this alone, but I asked Doug to uh, help me out and lead. Um, it's great to have the support and the company, and I can blame things on him, what goes wrong, and he can blame it on me, what goes wrong. When we were young, we uh, used to argue just a little bit. <laughs> but we grew that. Now we need each other too much, so we can't, uh, we can't do that. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> He likes my cooking, and I like his uh, ability to fix things in my house, so <laughs> it works out. <laughs> anyway, we're going to stand tonight, and uh, we're going to sing uh, this hymn, Glory to His Name. And like I said the last time, we're going to use our little bit of talent that God has given us for His glory, and I pray He blesses it tonight. And um, I just pray that you are blessed by it that you are ministered to and whatever you need to get out of this service tonight, however you need to be fed, uh, I just pray that you do and, uh, and you do it and it's all for God's glory. Anyway, we'll stand now and sing this first song. Down at the cross where my Savior died
Amen. There's a new name written down in glory.
over every heart and every mind because I know there's peace within his presence oh I speak Jesus we're going to sing one more song before Pastor Grant comes on and so praise the name I cast my mind to Calvary. Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands his feet, my Savior
thankful today that he has trampled death and that he's going to return again in robes of white aren't you thankful this home that we live in is only temporary and that we have an eternal home made in the heavens not by human hands oh we're thankful today we're going to worship again as Doug and Taryn leads us in that and we're going to stand Pastor Andrea is coming in a moment going to lead us in prayer we have a number of prayer requests we want to remember in prayer we're praying this evening uh, for Margie for peace and healing. Uh, she's lost three members of her family in the last year, so we're praying for this need. We have an urgent uh, prayer request, special unspoken, that have been passed in. We're praying for an unspoken request again, another urgent need that has been phoned in, and a family need in prayer we're asked to pray for Evelyn Bradley this evening. And as well, a man named Jonathan has called our church line and has asked us to pray for his father, Roger, uh, who has a spinal cord damage, also has some damage to his voice box, and he wants healing in his father's body. He's also praying, asking us to pray for his children. He has three teenagers who do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. He's asking that we will agree with him for the healing of his dad and for the salvation of his children. How many will agree with me this evening? Amen. We're going to agree together. We're remembering Brother Hayward Pinkson in prayer is at the hospital. We're going to pray for Brother Hayward. God is going to touch his body right now in the name of Jesus. We're praying for Uncle Eric Matcham. Talk with the family this evening. He's not very well, and we want to pray for him and for his family. We thank God for Uncle Eric and his life and his great faith in God. But let's remember his family and him in prayer this evening that God would minister to them. Can we stand as they lead us in this? Pastor Andrew will pray in a few minutes before we hear from the word of the Lord. Amen. And on the third, at break of dawn, Praise the name 
your word says that you never change. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we stand up on that promise in these days that we are living in while our world may be changing. We thank you, O oh God, because you never change. And we stand on that from day to day. Father, we pray for those needs that have been mentioned. Oh God, you know each one. I pray now that you would visit the hospitals, Lord, and that you would perform miracles. I pray for good doctor's reports. I thank you that your word says by, by your stripes we are healed. And we claim that promise this evening. We thank you, oh God, because we know that you are with these people. And now we pray for the peace of God that passes all understanding to rule in their hearts and in their minds. For those this evening that have asked for prayer for family members that are outside of the fold of grace, Father, I pray that you would speak to them. I pray that you would send someone in their lives that would quicken their hearts to the great love of God, the message of salvation, the truth of the gospel. I pray, oh God, that you would draw them unto yourself. Lord, I pray for unspoken requests that have been passed our way. You know the needs, oh God. Many needs are desperate, but I am thankful that we come to a God who is the God of the impossible. And Father, while the world may say that there's nothing that can be done, we claim the promises of Scripture, O oh God, and we thank you, Lord, because we believe that you are in complete control. We thank you because you are the omnipotent God, the God of all power. And now I ask for these unspoken requests, Lord. I pray right now that addictions would be broken in the name of Jesus. I pray, O oh God, for those that may be suffering with anxiety, depression, confusion in their lives. Right now, I pray for a release. And I pray, Father, that you would minister in their minds right now. And I pray, O oh God, that you might meet their needs. We pray for those that are bound by fear in these last days. Father, we are thankful that your word says that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And now, oh God, we pray for those that are captivated by, by fear. I pray that you would strengthen their hearts and their minds right now. I pray that fear would be removed in the name of Jesus. And we claim once again the power that is in your name. Father, for those that may be watching online in their homes, that have desperate needs in their families, in their marriages, in their bodies. Oh God, whatever the need is right now, we claim the power of the cross over every household that is watching. Father, I pray that in their living rooms right now, wherever they may be, they may feel the awesome presence of God. The miraculous power of the Son of God, I pray, will be shed abroad right now in these living rooms or wherever they are. And I pray that your peace would settle down upon everyone that is watching, knowing, oh God, that you are real and you are in control. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that we feel in this house right now. And we believe that you are doing a work. We believe it, oh God. We believe right now that you are ministering across our land. Lord, we pray for Pastor Grant as he comes with your word. I pray once again that your word would challenge us and change us. 
Oh, God, I pray that you would strengthen him. We believe he has the word for the hour, and I pray that you would be with him. And may we not only be hearers of your word, but, oh, God, I pray that we would go out into this community and spread the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone that we meet. This we ask in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Good evening, everyone. Pastor White is praying that the snow will go away. I'm praying that it will stay. <laughs> I got a skidoo in the shed that I would like to be able to use. And I don't mind shoveling snow because it's exercise. Helps work off that Christmas turkey. So I don't mind that one bit. This evening, we are turning in your Bibles. If you have your Bibles or your tablets or your phone, whatever you use, to Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. If you're at home, you're listening, you can turn with me as well. The book of Isaiah, chapter 7, we're going to read a few uh, scriptures there, and then we're going to turn over to Isaiah chapter 9, and we'll read a few verses in Isaiah chapter 9. Starting in Isaiah chapter 7, verse, four, uh, verse 1 to 14. We'll just read some select verses there. Starting at verse 1, When Ahaz, son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, was king of Judah, king resident of Aram, and Pekah, son of Ramelia, king of Israel, marched up to fight against Jerusalem, but they could not overpower it. Now the house of David was told Aram has allied itself with Ephraim, so the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out, you and your son, Shear Jashub, to meet Ahaz at the end of the aqueduct of the upper pool. And then verse 10, Again the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. Verse 12, But Ahaz said, I will not ask, I will not uh, put the Lord to the test. And then verse 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Over to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 to 7. And this is what it says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light was done, has done. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. 
And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The title of the message this evening is From Gloom to Glory. From Gloom to Glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful this evening for your word and how wonderful your word is to our lives. God, I pray that your people, Lord, would have attentive hearts to what you want to say this evening. We ask this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. From gloom to glory. The Christmas season is upon us. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. We are here again. It only seemed like yesterday that I was taking down my tree at home, and now I've been putting it back up. Just as fast as Christmas comes, it goes again. And I must stop myself from wishing the time away. Can you give me a little bit of monitor there, please, Shane? Just a little bit. It is such a short window of time. It is important that we not let this precious time slip through our fingers without remembering what Christmas is actually about. Amongst the busyness of the Christmas season, I believe it is important to stop and remember that what we need this Christmas time. Christmas at one time, a lot of you remember this, when you got the things you needed for the year that was coming, for the rest of the year. Now Christmas has become another time that we just splurge and we get things that we don't really need. And I understand that there are necessities in life that we cannot do without. But there is one thing I know for certain this Christmas season that we cannot afford to do without. Is not the turkey, and as good as that is, is not the gifts or the lights, and I love lights, or even the family and friends. But there is one person that we cannot do without this Christmas season, and his name is Jesus. You see, over the last few weeks, couple of weeks, the Lord has impressed upon my heart the importance of what we actually need. What we need is only possible, though, through the manger, when we consider where the world was and where the world was headed, there was something needed for humanity. This was prophesied in the Old Testament through the prophet Isaiah, of which we had just read. In chapter 7, we have the prophecy of the virgin birth of the Messiah. There he is given a very significant name, Emmanuel, which we know means God with us. At that time, Judah was in the very serious situation. King Ahaz had some problems. In the north, the Syrians were very anxious to attack Judah. And so they made a little confederacy with the northern kingdom of Israel. And Pekah the Rezin determined that they were going to attack Judah. And so Ahaz, instead of leaning upon the arm of the Lord, feels that it is best for Judah to make a covenant with Assyria. And of course, 
by doing so that led ultimately not only to the overthrow of the northern kingdom, but ultimately to the overthrow of the southern kingdom. And while Isaiah was given a commission by the Lord to go and warn Ahaz of the problem of what he was doing, and he went out according to the seventh chapter and found Ahaz out near a pool of water. Isaiah tells the king to test the Lord, but the king was too proud to test Jehovah God. Therefore, the king had other plans, and he did not heed the message from the Lord. In chapter 8, we didn't read it, but it says the prophet continues his ministry to the nation, saying to them, in effect, since you are not responding to the message of the Lord God, you are departing from Him, not returning to Him. It is necessary that judgment come. And now the rest of that chapter is a chapter that details the coming destruction of Israel and Judah. And then in the ninth chapter, he comments upon the fact that there is, however, a better day ultimately coming for the children of God. And this is the moment that the Bible records amazing things that would come to pass. You see, it is at this moment that Isaiah expresses exactly what King Ahaz and the people of Judah needed. But it is at this moment that Isaiah also expresses what all of the world is going to need. Today, what was prophesied in Isaiah should bring us great joy because we tonight are beneficiaries of what He said He would do and what He promises to do. Jesus Christ was the child born. Jesus Christ was the Son given. Today, Christmas without Christ is not Christmas at all. What this world needs, what all of us need tonight is Jesus Christ. The story is told of two women who were dressed in their finest, were having lunch together in a very exclusive restaurant. A friend saw them and came over to their table to greet them. What's the special occasion, she asked. One of the women said, we're having a birthday party for the baby in our family. He's two years old today. But where's the baby, the friend asked. The child's mother answered, oh, I dropped him off at my mother's house. She's taking care of him until the party's over. It wouldn't have been any fun to take him along. How ridiculous. A birthday celebration for a child who wasn't welcome at his own party. Yet, when you stop to think about it, that's no more foolish than going through the Christmas season with all of its festivities without remembering the one whose birth we are supposed to be honoring. That's the way many people celebrate Christmas. In all the busyness, the party going, gift shopping, and family gatherings, the one whose birthday they are commemorating is almost completely forgotten. So tonight... I want us to look at the real meaning of Christmas and how we need the baby Jesus. We're going to look at one, Jesus and His light. Two, Jesus and His rescue. Three, Jesus and His role. And four, Jesus and His reign. First tonight, I want to look at Jesus and His light. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 says, The people walking in darkness have seen 
a great light. The idea behind the scripture is very important in bringing clarity to what Jesus was intended to do for mankind. It is important to note that the message Isaiah is giving the people in his day, they were in the dark. In the first half of the verse, the darkness is associated with the people and their conduct. Here, it becomes a characteristic of the land languishing under God's judgment. When the people walk in darkness, their land becomes darkened. King Ahaz rejected God's guidance when he turned from God and made his own decision. Instead of listening to God, when he had the chance, judgment fell on the people because of the king. Darkness was evident to the people Isaiah prophesied to. It was an illustration that the people saw very vividly. How could Isaiah talk about light in the darkness that the people saw themselves in? How could Isaiah prophesy such hope under such circumstances? You see, Isaiah was able to prophesy such hope under these circumstances because he was given the word of the Lord for the hour. In other words, he points to the fact that there is a time coming, even though the immediate future is very black indeed, when a light will shine upon Galilee of all the nations. And now if you remember the New Testament, I'm sure you do tonight, the Gospel of Matthew in the fourth chapter, it describes the beginning of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Isaiah 9 verse 2 is used by the Gospel writer to lay stress upon the fact that in the coming of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, there has come the light that Isaiah promised hundreds of years ago. The northern tribes were the first to suffer from the Assyrian invasion, so in God's mercy, they will be the first to see the light of the Messiah. We are thankful this evening that Jesus is the light of the world, and from the Old Testament to the New Testament, there was a sum of 400 plus years of silence. God was silent and the world was dark. Then bursting in the manger in Bethlehem came the cry of a baby that brought much light and much hope to the dark and dying world that we are in today. The prophet Isaiah was right in saying that a light has dawned. Jesus broke the darkness when he entered the world through the Bethlehem manger scene. It was a welcoming sound, for the world was in a mess and needed someone to come and bring light and hope. Thank you, Lord, for that glorious moment when Christ took his first breath and the world sighed a sigh of relief. We look back at the manger as the first stepping stone towards the cross. And the church today ought to be forever thankful for the manger. For it gave us Jesus, the light of the world. John 8 and 12 says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Light is always associated with life. Hebrews 1, 1 to 3, short enough, He is the radiance of His glory and the exact representation of His nature. Light is associated with glory and revelation. Psalm 27 and 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
Today we once were lost, but now we're found. Because of Jesus and his light, we have moved from gloom to glory. Art historian Seymour Slive described the great Dutch artist Rembrandt as the master of light and shadow, a compelling storyteller on canvas. Rembrandt's painting, The Adoration of Shepherds, portrays the darkened stable in Bethlehem where two shepherds kneel beside the manger while other people stand farther away. One man holds a lantern, but the brightest light shines not from his lantern, but from the Christ child, illuminating those who have gathered close to him. Christmas invites us to step out of the shadows of darkness and allow the light of Christ to shine into our hearts. Secondly, I want us to look at Jesus and his reign. Isaiah 9, 4 and 5 says, For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their, sh excuse me, their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. The imagery in verse 4 takes us back to the days of Israel's bondage in Egypt before God's glorious deliverance. But God shall deliver His people in even more of a spectacular fashion in the last days. Isaiah is prophesying something rather spectacular in this verse. He is saying that God will bring a deliverer who will release people from bondage and oppression of sin. The child that will come to this earth will be no ordinary child. Everyone was waiting for a king to come in some glorious fashion and settle the disputes and reign in style. No one expected the conqueror to come into this war world born as a baby in a manger. Many believed in a conquering general, not a cute little baby. But God had a plan to use this baby to take away the sins of the world. And tonight we ought to be grateful for the glorious plan of salvation. What people wanted was not what they needed. Lord, help us to differentiate between what we want and what we need. Isaiah talks about three implements of oppression. He uses the yoke which is placed on the neck of an animal so that it can pull a burden. He talks about a staff which is used to beat a slave into submission. Then he talks about a rod. Here probably has the sense of a scepter and reflects the fact that the people are not independent but under the rule of someone who wants to abuse them. In our world today, we see the oppression of sin on many people. We see how the enemy has placed upon people the heavy burden of sin. We see the, how the enemy beats people down with his lies and his destruction. We see how the enemy abuses men and women, young people on a daily basis. Oppression in our world is just as real as you and I are today. Our world is suffering and they don't know what they need. But I know someone who they need tonight and his name is Jesus. This world needs freedom from sin. And the only way to freedom is in Jesus tonight. 
if they trust in Jesus, God will render the yoke, staff, and rod ineffective against them. They will no longer be oppressed. No more burdens, no more blows, no more tyrants if all they have to do is trust in Jesus. The ministry of the Messiah will bring joy and gladness to Israel as in the day of Midian. This refers to Gideon's victory in Judges chapter 7. Many of you know it. As wonderfully complete, joyous, and victorious as Gideon's victory over Midian was, this is the same kind of victory that the Messiah would bring for our world. And the victory tonight is complete. The reference to every warrior's sandal garment rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire means that the battle was over. God did win the battle tonight. He's going to win the battle. Our God cannot lose. God has broken the yoke of His burden. Each of these promises, the reference to great joy, the breaking of the yoke of His burden, the rod of His suppressor, oppressor, and the complete victory over all enemies has spiritual application to Jesus' work in our lives tonight. Those things are ours in Jesus' name. When is Jesus sad, worried, or afraid? When does Jesus groan under the yoke of his burden? When does Jesus feel the sting of the rod of his oppressor? When is Jesus' victory incomplete? The risen, glorified, ascended Jesus experienced none of these things, and he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. As we are in Jesus Christ, we share in his Victory. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us, says Romans 8 and 37. According to verse 5, at this future time, the Lord will destroy the weapons of war. From that time onward, there will be no ammunition factories grinding out weapons of destruction. On the contrary, they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning oaks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Thirdly, I want us to look at Jesus and His role. It says, for unto us a child is born. Although Isaiah would not live to see it, he prophesied of the coming of the Christ, Christ Lord Jesus. Through faith he saw the birth of the Son of God coming in the form of man, robed in human flesh. Most people are drawn toward a newborn baby. There is an innocence, sweetness about a baby that causes us to want to be near to them. I am sure Jesus was no exception. But we must realize that Jesus was no ordinary baby. He would have looked like other babies born in Bethlehem, but he was much different. Often we fail to recognize the enormity of his incarnation. This was the very son of the living God, born through a virgin womb, conceived of the Holy Spirit. We are not speaking of a child that experienced an ordinary birth, lived life to enjoy a measure of success, and died of old age. We are speaking of the third person of the Godhead, the Son of God, the only begotten of the Father. Jesus laid aside the glory He possessed in the presence of God and came to earth robed in flesh, veiling His deity 
from the world. To us a son is given. I think sometimes we miss the weight of that. Think about it for a moment. A son is given. So in the expression unto us, a child is born. Unto us a son is given. We have the two natures of our Lord and the one divine personality. We do not read unto us a child is given. Unto us a son is born. That would not make sense. But the prophet is given precision language to express the truth concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. Now isn't it striking that the, this person who is born of a virgin and who is called here a child and a son is the person upon whom shall rest the throne of David. Everything rests on the baby in a manger. Eternity was forever changed because of the manger. When we celebrate the birth of Jesus, we are celebrating the shift in eternity. For the Son of God was given as a gift to forgive us of our sins. When we stop and ponder the very gift of salvation tonight, we are not able sometimes to comprehend it all. For this was planned before the very foundations of the world. The prophecy was given some 700 years before Jesus was born, but it was perfectly planned by God the Father. I don't know about you, but I am thankful that God saw my need even before I was created. What do we need today? We need Jesus. Hallelujah. And the government shall be upon His shoulder. This is likely one of the passages that caused confusion among the Jews of, as Jesus walked upon the earth. They were looking for a king to deliver them from the bondage of Rome. Isaiah is looking beyond the life and death of Christ to His future reign here upon the earth. For many who viewed the life of Christ, it appeared as if He might have been a failure. He rose from obscurity, coming from among poverty. He never sat upon a throne as far as government is concerned. His ministry only lasted a few years, and He was put to death. Many believed that it was all over at the tomb. Our blessed Lord bled and died upon the cross, and He was buried and that was it. But praise be to God, the tomb was not the end. He completely fulfilled the will and the plan of God by offering up Himself as a sacrifice for all humanity. His life and death were in accordance to God's sovereign plan. And His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Messiah, He is wonderful. The glory of who He is, what He has done for us should fill us with such wonder. You can never really look at Jesus, really know Him and be bored. He is wonderful and will fill your heart and mind with amazement tonight. The Messiah, He is our counselor. Jesus is the one fit to guide our lives and should be the Christian's immediate resource as a counselor. Jesus can help you tonight with your problems. He may use the presence and the words of another Christian to do it, but Jesus ultimately is our counselor. He's the Messiah, the mighty God. 
He is the God of all creation and glory. The Lord who reigns in heaven. The one worthy of our worship and our praise. He is in control of your life tonight. We don't live by luck or circumstances. The I am is guarding and guiding your way tonight. There is nothing to fear when Christ Jesus is in control. He is the one who set the stars in heavens, set the bounds of the ocean, and breathed life into mankind. Surely we can trust Him tonight. The Messiah is the everlasting Father. The idea in these Hebrew words that Jesus is the source of authority of all eternity. He is the Creator Himself. The Messiah is the Prince of Peace. Every life that Jesus touched, He brought His peace to them. For He gave the peace of God to men. The only true peace that men will ever have is the peace that comes when Jesus sets up His kingdom. He alone brings true peace to people of all different cultures and all different backgrounds. A woman was dying. He said to her, do you know that you're dying? She said, yes. Have you made peace with God? She said, no. Perhaps she didn't understand. So they asked her again and said, do you know you're dying? She said, yes. Have you made peace with God? She said, no. And then she said, I'm resting in the peace that Jesus made on the cross. He made peace between God and man. Fourthly and lastly this evening, I want us to look at Jesus and His reign. Isaiah 9 and 7 says, Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. The reign of Christ is an eternal reign. Upon the throne of David, Jesus will rule on David's throne and over His kingdom. And this is the fulfillment of God's great covenant with David from 2 Samuel chapter 7. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. All this may sound too good to be true, but it's going to be done. God, the Lord of all heavenly armies, has promised to accomplish this word. And part of it has been accomplished already. Jesus can be wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace for everyone now. One day, these offices will be opposed, sorry, imposed upon the world. But for now, they are real for those who receive Jesus and submit their lives to Him. God made a covenant with David that His Son should sit upon His throne and reign in righteousness forever. This has not yet been fulfilled when the forerunner of our Lord was born. His father, Zechariah, declared that God had raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David. These prophetic declarations make clear that David's throne was to be established forever and that he should never be without a man to sit upon the throne. Our Lord on his mother's side was from the line of David, as we know, and because of her marriage to Joseph, who was heir to the throne, the throne rights passed to Jesus. But he has never taken a seat upon the throne of David. This awaits for the second coming. He is sitting now at the right hand of the majesty on high, on the throne of deity. Soon, Church, I believe very soon he will return in glory and take his own throne, which is really the throne of David, and will reign in righteousness for all eternity. In closing this evening,
as the musicians return, we're going to prepare to sing Emmanuel. Tonight we have scratched only the surface of the manger story. But I trust tonight that you will see the need for Jesus in this Christmas season and every day of your life. From the beginning of time, Jesus destined to come and to be all that the prophet Isaiah had declared that he would be. It's easy to get caught up in the busyness of Christmas. But I feel tonight that our focus needs to come back to the manger, come back to Jesus, come back to where it all began. Our focus needs to be upon what Jesus accomplished and what Jesus is going to accomplish. We have a blessed hope tonight. Do you agree with me? Do we have hope tonight? God has done all of this tonight for you and I. God has prepared the plan of salvation for all of us. And tonight, you are here. You do not know Jesus other, other than just knowing Him as a baby. Then I urge you to give your life over to Him tonight. Call on the name of the Lord and ask Him into your heart. It will change your life. Remember that what the prophet Isaiah prepared, or sorry, prophesied, was that the what was what was what the world needed. It didn't happen in his timing. It, it happened in God's timing. We ought to remember that Jesus brought light into this dark world. Jesus brought freedom for the oppressed. Jesus brought peace into this chaotic world. And Jesus brought eternal hope for all that were lost. Jesus is what we need in this Christmas season. Jesus is what we need every day of our life. Jesus is what this world needs tonight. Jesus is the Savior of the world who brought us from gloom to glory. Tonight, we don't glory in ourselves, but we glory in the one who has saved us from a lost and dying world tonight. What do we need this Christmas season? We need Jesus tonight. If you agree, say amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray together as the team prepares. Heavenly Father, we are thankful tonight for your word. God, we're also thankful for the plan of salvation tonight. Thankful, Lord, that you put it in the mouth of a man several hundred years before Jesus was born, that he would come and that he would be born in a Bethlehem stable. And Lord, we are thankful for that, Lord. And God, because of the manger, we have the cross tonight. And Lord, because of the cross, we have a risen Savior tonight. And Lord, we are so thankful, Lord, that we can put our trust in you tonight, Lord. For you are, Lord, you are our Savior tonight. God, I pray, Lord, if there's one here tonight that don't know you. God, I pray this would be the night, Lord, that they would call on you. God, I pray for those that are listening online tonight, Lord. God, some, Lord, that are not saved, God, I pray, Lord, that they would make the decision right now in their home, God, as they're listening on their device, Lord, to ask you into their lives tonight. God, we pray, Lord, that this Christmas season we would take it seriously, that we would look to you, and God, we would put you first. For Jesus, you are the reason for the season. Lord, we love you tonight, and we lift your name on high. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can we stand together and let's just worship for a moment as Doug leads us.
together his name is wonderful his name is wonderful how many have proven that tonight his name is wonderful when you've been in dark situations and you've spoken the name of Jesus I encourage you right now to worship the Lord worship his name speak his name right now let's just worship him before we they even sing let's just worship him speaking the name of Jesus how wonderful is the name of Jesus he is the mighty God hallelujah He's the everlasting Father, hallelujah. He's the Prince of Peace, hallelujah. Why don't you just speak the name of Jesus right now over your situations, over your family lives right now. 
as we worship the Lord for a moment. It's because of him that we are able to do this tonight. Are you thankful for your salvation? Hallelujah. He's wonderful. Hallelujah. He's wonderful. Hallelujah. His name is wonderful. Hallelujah. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord. He is the mighty King, Master. Amen. 
together we want to thank our online listeners for listening and tuning in this evening and we are praying for you praying that God would touch your lives and God would meet your needs we're going to sing this together as we go offline His name is higher 